Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket and what an incredible week of sport it's been with the England quarter-final, that amazing roar that went up when England scored that first goal and the semi-final and obviously as well, we shouldn't forget that dramatic final game in the T20 uh, England against India in Bristol. Actually, that was a fantastic game. Yeah, well, you talk about the roar from the England football supporters, well, the roar from the Indian cricket supporters. Here's the thing... I, I just sense that the three series between England and India this summer, T20, One Day International and, and Test Series, and I wonder whether for India and India supporters, the most important one, perhaps for the supporters, was the T20 series. For the England supporters, that was the least important. And the most important is going to be the Test Series coming up. And that's going to be the least important for the Indian series. And then we've got this One Day Series or somewhere in between. I cannot wait for this One Day Series between India and England. I think it's going to be the highlight of the summer in a strange way. Three matches... Sort of do or die, in a way, it's slightly replicating the World Cup because you know there isn't much room for error if you're going to win the series. One bad performance, you're going to be really struggling in, in the series. And you've got the two best teams in the world going at it with their fantastic array of batsmen. The weather's set fair. What more could you want? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And actually, it's, it may sound odd in this week of sort of English patriotism to be focusing on India, but that's what we're going to do today, actually, and we're going to ask how good this Indian team can be and can they dominate world cricket for the foreseeable future. They are, of course, number one test team in the world and second in the ODI and T20 rankings. England, of course, are first in the ODI rankings. So, as you say, the the billing for this this three-match one-day series is, is, is brilliant. Uh, it starts Thursday, then there's another game Saturday and another game early next week. 
and England are going to have to play incredibly well to, to win this series. And I think it will be a, a benchmark for how, how far they've come, actually. What their chances genuinely are for winning the World Cup next year. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, obviously, who, who wins this series isn't going to dictate who's going to win the World Cup next year. But it, it really does feel as if this is this England one-day side tested. Just remember, they did lose to Scotland earlier <laughs> in the summer. They did. They lost mm. to Scotland. And, yeah. you know, that is a... Real question mark against them, I think, and a question mark specifically against their bowling. I think mm. we saw that a bit in the T20 series. I think their bowling is going to be under real pressure in this one-day series. How is it going to stand up? And you know, do they need to? Will they need to make some changes next summer? They've already shown that India that they don't rate Mo and Ali's bowling too much. England have had to rejig their T20 team because they pretty much dismissed his bowling from their presence and he he got dropped and I wonder how much of a role he's going to play in the one day series but just looking at India and we're going to talk by the way in a bit to the owner of the Rajasthan Royals one of the IPL teams Manoj Badali a a good friend of mine who lives in England is based in England uh, but has had a huge influence on the IPL and the development of the Royals as well Uh, but before we do that we should just look at some stats really that the incredible performances of India over the last couple of years I mean I've written down here in test cricket played 27-118, lost just three games. Mm. And they were always reputed as a team who were pretty good at home, but not so good away. But in the last two years, away from home, played 10-1-6, lost two. And that uh, performance, that record, is replicated in ODIs too, where, for instance, playing away from home in the last two years, played 21-1-16, lost four. So in the combination in the combination of tests and one day, as they've lost just six games out of 31 played away from home. Yeah, and look at their one-day record recently. They've won their last nine series. Of course, they had that failure in the Champions Trophy. Well, failure, they got to the final. That was pretty good, but they got thrashed by Pakistan in the final, absolutely crushed in the final. They've come back since then. They've won six series in a row. They won... 5-1 in, in South Africa. I mean, that's, that's not a bad effort to do that. So, clearly, they are a team on the up uh, in all forms of the game. And we, you, know, you do wonder, are they going to be like the West Indies team of the 1980s and the Australian team of the, of the 90s into the 2000s, i.e. so dominant, dominant in the whole game of cricket, all, you know, all around the world, home and away, and just the outstanding team, the benchmark team in world cricket. Well, we're going to answer that question in a little bit. I've certainly got a, a view on that. Uh, first, we should just talk about how they've developed into this incredible strength, this powerhouse in the game. And it's a powerhouse, I suppose, dominated by batsmen, dominated by explosive batsmen, very fit batsmen, very dynamic batsmen, led, of course, by the irrepressible Virat Kohli. But their bowlers, too, have come through. There's more pace bowlers available now with different actions and genuine pace, whereas you'd think of India from the 1980s and 90s, very few bowlers managed to bowl 85 miles an hour. There was Javagal Srinath, for instance, who managed to get the ball through, but few others until really the last decade have got the ball through at 90 miles an hour, and now they've got plenty 
in that category to choose from. And they're starting to produce different spinners because, again, India, apart from Chandrasekhar in the 1970s, they haven't really ever produced a, a, a dynamic leg spinner, for instance. They've had off spinners and they've had left armers, but they haven't had anybody who had, you know, googlies and, and top spinners and all sorts. Apart from a little bit, you could say Anil Kumble. I know he took 500 test wickets, but he wasn't in a way a mystery spinner. Mm. He was just a very accurate sort of leg roller bowler. But now they've got bowlers like Kuldeep Yadav, for instance, who is a wrist spinner, left arm over the wicket. He's a little bit of, of a Machiavellian sort of character who walks up to the wicket and then stops and batsmen have sort of got to get ready again and there's one or two little tricks he's got up his sleeve there. And India are starting to create, you know, leg spinners like Chahal as well. So they have got a real range of, of good bowlers. Yeah, and that, I mean, you think ahead, that's going to be a problem for England's bats because they've never been particularly good against wrist spin. I mean, there are other factors as well in the development of, of Indian cricket, and we'll talk about the IPL in just a moment, but things like facilities, the, f- the facilities that are developing around India, and the fact that I think the, the Indian selectors now are looking beyond the main centres of India. Raul Dravid made the point over the weekend that the last World Cup, the under-19 World Cup, they only had one player from Mumbai, one from Delhi, one from Kolkata, none from Chennai, none from Bangalore, you know, traditional centres of Indian cricket. So they, they really are beginning to harness the whole nation or as much of the nation as they, they possibly can. And that, that's quite frightening, actually, when you think of the number of people and the fanaticism and the excitement about cricket in India. Well, I talked about this to my good friend Manoj Badali, who is uh, brought up in England, went to Haberdasher School and, and then to Cambridge University and was a, a decent cricketer, club cricketer. And actually, in the early 2000s, he became involved with Leicestershire because he wanted to try and help that county develop and get a more sort of South Asian connection to their cricket. And sort of from that led into his interest in Indian cricket and finally helping to buy uh, one of the IPL franchises, the Rajasthan Royals. And one of the things I asked him first was how much of an impact has the IPL had on the development of this fantastic Indian team? I mean, clearly I'm not objective, but I would say that the IPL's had a massive impact. And I think at lots of different levels. Um, Clearly, uh, in terms of giving young Indian players the opportunity to play against the very best in the world, I think that's probably been the most significant benefit that the uh, Indian team has got. But it's not just about playing with them. It's about the number of players who are with some of the best cricketers in the world learning from them in practice and training for a really intensive seven-week period. So when you look at the current cadre of Indian players, uh, some of them are relatively new names here. Players like Rahul, um, even to some extent, Bumrah, uh, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. These are players who've grown up over the last 10 or 11 years playing with the likes of A.B. de Villiers, playing with the likes of Steve Smith, David Warner, um, playing with some of the... Uh, absolute best cricketers of their generation and, that, and, and the, the, the knock-on influence of that has to be huge. I think the other, the other aspect is that uh, there are other aspects such as fielding. Mm, uh, yeah. I mean, even if I think back to the early years of the IPL, uh, you'd often have discussions about hiding certain Indian players in the field, whereas now you look at the current Indian side uh, and they're as good a fielding side as any uh, in world cricket. Uh, some of that's been driven more recently by Virat Kohli's um, focus on fitness and the BCCI's requirement now 
for players to have pretty rigorous fitness tests before they get out there. But a huge part of that is the pressures that they're put under um, to perform as fielders in the IPL. I think at a, at a more subtle level, the other impact is just that young Indians are growing up much more. Young Indian cricketers are just having to grow up a lot more quickly. Uh, they're earning more than they've ever earned. I mean, if you look at... I was chat, chatting to uh, Raul Dravid um, last Saturday, and he was talking about the fact that nine of his 11 India A team are all millionaires already. I mean, that would have been unheard of uh, five or ten years ago. You look at the India under 19, and there's probably five millionaires in that team. God. So, yeah. n- and, and with those sort of early riches come earlier exposure to international travel, earlier exposure to the pressures of looking after your own financials, uh, earlier exposure to uh, just being a bit more worldly wise. And I think you, as a former top-level cricketer, would understand that a big part of that cricketing journey is the growing up. So I think, look, at lots of different levels, skills... Facilities, I'd say, as well. Actually, Ravi Shastri made this point before that all the grounds now are excellent outfields and there's great nets and you know there's all the backroom staff and so on, which allows that massive raft of Indian cricketers, of which there are probably more than any other country, to mature and develop yeah, it's quicker great, and more sophisticatedly. Yeah, it's a great point. Actually, the facilities um, I hadn't thought about, but, uh, but you're right. Um, but actually, your point about the backroom staff is just as important, which is IPL franchises has such extensive backroom for, uh, for, uh, staff that include fitness and conditioning. You know, quite a few of the franchises have new, you know year-round nutritional uh, advice. No room for you in the dressing room, uh, the owner, so, is there? <laughs> so you know the, the the psychologist and you know you, I mean yeah, you should ask you know a Rahul or a, even a Sachin, but would they have been exposed to that? Age 19, 2021. Well, actually, I remember they... Greg Chappell being the Indian coach and a lot of the star Indian players rejecting some of the sort of fitness yeah. and some of the discipline stuff that he tried to bring in. Sure. There was a big fallout between him and Saurabh Ganguly, wasn't yeah. it? Because of the kind of... He was trying to bring some science in and they were rejecting it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so, you're, so you're right. I mean, the, the facilities and the backroom staff must, must have an impact as well. But I, but I, and I suppose connected to that, it's also just the exposure that these young kids are given, whether it's by the media. They become household names now uh, after three or four stunning performances in the IPL. Start of last year's IPL, very few people would have known KL Rahul. Today, he wanders around India as a superstar. Um, having to deal with that, having to manage that, that's all the stuff that sometimes when I think sportsmen go from you know, the top end of county cricket to test cricket... You know, some of that off-field stuff that they have to man- manage sometimes has a negative impact for some of them, whereas these young Indians are, are getting to learn that really early in their career. How good could this Indian team be? I mean, they're number one test match team in the world and they're second in ODIs and, and T20s. Do you think they could be as dominant as the Australians of the 90s and the West Indies of the 80s? There's no question. Um, I mean, as Athas put in one of his articles recently, I mean, there is a sim- simple numbers argument. Right. I mean, in India, uh, partly because of the IPL, partly because of the newfound wealth in the game, but also partly because of the population of you know 1.2 billion cricket-mad individuals, are churning out the, 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 the numbers of players. Uh, again, back to IPL auctions 10 years ago, you'd be struggling to, uh, to, to pick two or three genuine Indian quicks. 
you'd be struggling to identify one or two Indian top order batsmen that could play the short, short ball. Today, you've got 10 or 15, if not 20 in both categories uh, that are uh, definitely IPL ready, if not international ready. So there is a numbers issue for the rest of the world. Uh, it won't be long before you know, the India... I mean, when I look at the India A side that's touring the UK at the moment or recently toured the UK, I mean, you've got players like Rishabh Pant, Prithvi Shaw, who I'd argue would walk into any international um, uh, eleven uh, today. So, so there is a numbers issue, um, mm. and that's going to that's going to be a challenge for the rest of the world to deal with. Which should mean, to answer your question, that this is a bit of a this has the potential to be quite a long-lasting dynasty. Assuming they actually want it to be, yeah. I suppose, because in the end, how much does India want to be? an international cricket team how, how dominant is the IPL and in a way how reliant are they on the IPL do they really need international cricket the Indians um, yeah look I think they do I mean I think yes there's huge uh, excitement and focus on the IPL but as you saw yesterday as you've seen on even the early few games that the Indians have played over here uh, in England um, the, the passion for Team India is pretty extreme as well and cricket is more than just another sport for Indians it is arguably one of the few sports in which they can be be globally dominant and global number one so the identity that Team India and the confidence that Team India and the standing that Team India gives young Indians Mm. on a modern stage on a modern global stage is pretty important and so uh, I think the notion that and, and I think young Indians who are coming through even with the riches of the IPL their goal is still to play uh, to play for Team India I think the challenge not to uh, preempt your next question is whether that appetite and passion applies to Team India in the test game is quite I think that's a bigger question um, you know I think the passion that you saw, the commitment that you saw yesterday in winning that series decider between England and India, I don't know if that's the same passion and excitement that will be exhibited should the Test Match series in the summer go down to a decider. So, I mean, in in, in India now, over that uh, T20 decider, presumably there'll be bars and restaurants and you know, community centres jammed full of people kind of hysterically excited whereas yeah. you're doubting slightly whether that had the same effect on it in, in, during yeah, the test series. definitely last night was a big night across India mm. uh, probably because of the way we, we watch our cricket over there probably more actually in the home I mean much like the atmosphere uh, that we all experienced on Saturday afternoon watching England play in our front rooms, back rooms, gardens, etc. Um, so yeah, though yesterday was a big, big day for, uh, I, mean, I don't know what the viewer ratings were, but they would have been massive last night. Um, and yeah, you're right, whether those same ratings, that same attendance, physical attendance, you look at test matches in India, you know, and you ask yourself the question, how many people are turning up to the stadium who've actually paid for a ticket? Um, and, uh, you know, it's in, it's in sharp decline. Just one more thing, looking ahead a bit, I mean, you've been involved with the IPL now for, for 10 or 11 years since it started. What's the next step? Can it, can it advance further? 
I think the IPL has and can continue to become a format that other company, other countries benefit from. Uh, you know, England certainly has the capability to create a tournament uh, of, of, if not the same uh, viewership and eyeballs, pretty significant viewership and eyeballs. Australian cricket's been reinvigorated with the Big Bash. Uh, so I think that's one way in which the IPL can benefit the game more broadly. Um, and I think the, the, the other way is that India itself has to look at how it uses its power, uses its, its riches to promote the game globally. So whether that's IPL franchises uh, playing overseas, whether that's Team India playing games in parts of the world where there are huge Indian followerships like North America that drive participation in the game. Because fundamentally, the game can only grow um, if, uh, if the overall participation in the game increases. Um, and we see that here in, in England where, you know, in truth, we've had a, a game that sort of stagnated the last 10 years and how we engage the South Asian population here is critical to the future of the game um, but that's true of other parts of the world as well. So that's Manoj Bidali, amazing fact isn't it that uh, nine of the <laughs> India A team are millionaires already, that makes you envious doesn't it? Well it's, it's, it's absolutely stunning isn't it, I mean, it's, in, it's an incredible stat, how many of the England A team players yeah. earn more than £4.50 but, <laughs> but you know it, it's, the, it's a very good point isn't it about the, the riches that are Indian cricket and the responsibilities that that brings with it as well and, and the pressure that you have to deal with almost every day as a, a young Indian player anyway we'll have a look at how good we think this Indian team can be in the future after the break welcome back and actually I spent yesterday evening with an entourage from the Rajasthan Royals, Manoj Badali's Rajasthan Royals, who were over from India to do a sort of information gathering trip. And one of the things they did, for instance, they went to the Chelsea Football Academy and they picked up all sorts of little nuggets about how they run their business. Uh, one of the things that is amazing me about, about that is that they, the, the Chelsea Academy starts at age 9 to 16 or 17 mm. And not only do they teach the kids how to eat properly and how to have a, a really good, balanced, nutritious diet in the interest of, of playing football, but also they teach the parents how to cook for their kids as well. And they have tests for the kids and their parents about nutrition. And if they fail, they're rejected. So, you know, the levels that these football clubs are go going to now to make sure that they're players are in the right state physically and mentally to play the game is incredible and today the Rajasthan Royals Andras are off to Liverpool to get another sense of how another major team runs their operations on a physical mental technical and even digital level to mm. try and get ideas about publicizing the game and marketing the game better so you know there is almost no stone unturned with these IPL teams in how they want to try and improve and develop their players and the game in general which just goes to show how much input Indian cricket is is, is placing in its development of its players. How much do you think, you asked him the question, I mean, this point about the IPL is all-consuming within India and this, this feeling that, in a way, that it's the, the thing that matters compared possibly to the Indian team. Certainly the Indian Test match 
team anyway in terms of of, of how it's followed and, and, and the passion for it and do you see a future it, it it's not quite happened in football but in, in, in football club football you ask people what, what the first loyalty is too. They would probably say their club rather than their country these days. Certainly, I think in England, the club is more important than country. Is this is that something that you think could happen in India? Manoj rather sort of knocked it back there, didn't he? I think in white ball cricket anyway. But do you think this something could happen that the IPL takes over from the focus on the Indian team? Well, no, because of course they change the teams every three years. The it's, IPL team. It's built yeah. on an American model of drafts and auctions and and throwing all the players into the pot and reselecting them again for different teams. So in a way I think there's less loyalty to an IPL team than probably even an English county. Uh, probably it's a bit like premiership football, isn't it? That again, you know, players move around. But there's quite still a lot. that lo- but there's that loyalty you develop. I mean if you're in India, I'm, I'm thinking if you you know, if you live in Mumbai, you just get used to the fact that there's a conveyor belt of players. You still produ- you still support your team in the way that if you support Liverpool, there's a conveyor belt of, of players going in and out of that club as well, but you still support your club or Arsenal or Manchester United. So I, I it, it, it's hard to know. I mean, the, the, there's a huge focus on the on the Indian team at the moment. And I, perhaps it's, I don't know whether it's it's something that you see. We really notice it here because of the support they get. They're absolutely fanatical. The four gets struck. People are dancing as if they actually won the game. Not not you know not this a mere four being struck. There's that huge passion. I wonder whether it's something that's that passion is overseas rather than necessarily in India. I wonder whether it's, it might well change in India itself. The question is, how good is this Indian team going to be and can they dominate the world game for a decade as the Australians with Bourne and McGrath and so on did in the 90s and obviously the West Indies in the 80s? And my simple answer to that actually is I don't think they will in Test cricket because firstly I think other nations are spending quite a lot of money, England, Australia, in development and science and and so I think that the the general level of teams is quite balanced there's no one standout team even though India are at the top of the moment and the other thing is well we're about to find out as well, well we are, over the next couple of years with the world thing, test championship key thing for me is that they don't have any really outstanding bowlers yeah. and if you look at the west indies from the 1980s they were dominated by those four or five incredibly accurate as well as fast and venomous bowlers and with Australia they had McGrath and Warne who if they couldn't take wickets dried up runs and just imposed this sort of hypnosis on teams and they were the the bankers that guaranteed the number of victories that they achieved. India don't have anybody in that category who can control a game and constantly take huge bags of wickets so I don't think they're going to be as dominant as those teams were. Do you think that's more relevant for overseas test matches rather than home test matches? I'm just thinking at home test matches you, you actually get worn down by weight of runs. It happened to England in their last tour of India where I think yes, on at least true. three occasions England scored over 400 but they, I mean, I think the match in Chennai England made 479 which is a pretty handy first inning score. India reply with 700. Yeah. So you get worn down by the weight of runs. You also know the weather's going to be fine over five days so you're going to get full generally speaking full test matches so I, your point is probably right for overseas test matches that's where you need the bowlers to win you the games to keep you in the games and and you're right I mean when you think of those great West Indian sides those great Australian sides they had fantastic batsmen but it's the you know Viv Richards obviously but it's the bowlers you think of isn't it when you when you talk when you sort of whisper about the, you know about the teams you think oh yeah there was 
there was martial and there was holding. You, you, there's yeah. a reverence there when you when you speak their names, and it's the same with Warren and McGrath. Exactly, exactly the same. Certainly, I think India's batsmen are going to help them probably dominate one-day cricket yeah. uh, in the next five to ten years. But if you look at sport generally, world sport, and I mean this football World Cup has, has really illustrated this. There is less to choose between the teams now, partly, I think, because so many more teams are using a lot of sophisticated measures to improve their players technically, physically and mentally. And players are playing all around the world in different tournaments, You know, getting English players playing in Spain and Spanish players playing in England and Brazilian players playing wherever. So you know, there's more shared experience and shared knowledge and shared skills and shared expertise, which I think is levelling up all the nations. Mm. And that, I think, will happen in cricket as well. I definitely agree with you about Indian white ball domination. I suppose the challenge for them is to come away from home and win a World Cup. They did it in England in 1983, a long, long time ago. Completely out of the blue, actually, in that case. And in a way, it changed the game of cricket, didn't it? You think about Kerry Packer and his what was seen as a circus at the time, Kerry Packer's World Series, as being a, a game-changer in terms of international cricket, while India winning the World Cup did exactly that, and also winning the World T20 did exactly that as well when they won it in South Africa. So, But perhaps the challenge for them is to, is to win a World Cup overseas, and they clearly have got a fantastic opportunity next summer. In a way, they probably wish they could take the weather of this <laughs> summer yeah. into next summer. Uh, I just wonder whether these are the sort of conditions that England want to take on India in. I don't, not, certainly not in Test cricket, but, you know... Really dry conditions. I'm not sure that's what England want. They want nice, and so do India. I was saying England want nice flat pitches, but then the Indian batsmen do as well. And they, they just feel, to me, they just feel as if they've got one or two more bases covered than England. They're not a perfect side. They're not the greatest one-day side India they've ever played the game, nothing like that. But they just seem to have a few more bases covered, and they're really canny. I think that's why I think this one-day series is going to be so fascinating. There's not going to be any weather issues or anything like that. It's going to be 50-over shootouts. And, and, those... and, and big scores. Yeah. And, in fact, one of the things that I talked to, to Manoj Badali a little bit about uh, sort of after our interview was, firstly, how important is the toss now in these one-day formats? Because it's become very important. You win the toss, you put the other team in, you yeah. bat second, you can chase practically anything... And the, the, the you know the records are that teams batting second winning more and more games, especially in T20. Yeah. And actually, the other thing he was saying is that the the IPL are looking to expand and play matches abroad, play matches in the in the United States, perhaps play matches in England as well to try and you know get these. IPL franchise brands even more notoriety and more support get more salvations from these other countries interested which he talked about a little bit at the end of that interview and he is helping actually the ECB with their South Asian campaign to get more South Asians from from England interested in cricket and involved and engaged in the game which hopefully will help England's cause ultimately. Mm. I think that was my point about the expansion of the T20 game superseding international cricket and and perhaps ultimately Team India, the, the IPL product in India might eventually be stronger than the, the Team India product, if you see what I mean. But that's a, you know, that's a long way off. 
Okay, well, lots of interesting talking points there. Anyway, as we embark on this three-match one-day series, uh, who do we think is going to win? Trent Bridge is a bit of a stronghold for England, first game. If they bat second, so i.e. win the toss, great chance of of uh, winning that one, I reckon. Mm. Mind you, they, they've had some big scores there, batting first, haven't they? Almost submerging the, yeah. the opposition. Just get a huge score, just make it impossible, as they did for Australia, as they did for... Pakistan. My my hunch is that India will just be a, a bit too good for England. I just wonder whether they've got their bowlers are slightly cannier. Mm. Whether Kuldeep that's, Yadav is clever bowler. Yeah, and they've got they've got the spinners as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think England we're going to have to go really big. If, obviously, if, if they bat first and just make it just build that scoreboard pressure, so it's just too great for India. This is this is a really talented. India one day side is a very talented England side. I just wonder whether India's bowling is just a little bit better, just a bit cannier. I wonder if they'll open the bowling with a spinner, because that's what I would do every time to Jason, Jason Roy. Roy yeah. And no team really seems to do it. They did recently, didn't they? The Indians in one of the T20 games, they bowled a spinner early on and Roy got out. So that's got to be a, a strategy. I mean, the one thing I would say, of course, is, and I think it's pretty obvious, is that 50 over cricket is England's strongest suit of the three. They're not bad at, at T20. I think they're, they're a, a really ordinary Test match team at the moment. One day cricket is their their strongest suit. The last time these two teams played against each other, England in India, England were far closer to India than they've ever been before in India. They got much closer to them. They actually won a game in Kolkata. We were there in Cuttack. They lost a game that they they threatened to win. They were beaten by. You know, a handful of runs in the end, 15 runs, whatever it was, after a brilliant partnership between Dhoni and Yuvraj. So I think there's that confidence there, there's that belief there that England can win this one-day series. But it just promises to be absolutely fantastic cricket and the, the, the noise, the atmosphere as well. It really, for me, is, is really going to be the, the highlight of the summer. What a weekend it's going to be if uh, England play their second one-day international against India at Laws on Saturday... And then we have the World Cup on Sunday. Not much work going to be done on Monday morning, I don't think. But we will be working. We will work on Tuesday at the end of this memorable World Cup and one-day series and review it and look ahead to the Test Series. Now, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.